exploring the healing and culture building practices of embodied anti-racism. This is With Love and Justice for All with Reverend Ogan Holder and Reverend Kelly Isola. Hello and welcome to With Love and Justice for All. I am Reverend Ogan Holder here with my partner in crime and consciousness, Reverend Kelly Isla. We are Project Sanctus and we this week are celebrating one year Yay! of Project Sanctus being in existence. We are very thrilled. We survived the first year. And as everyone knows, when you're starting a business or a marriage, the first year is the toughest one. So once once yeah, you get to the first year, it, great, though. yeah, it bodes well. It bodes well. It bodes well. But no, we're still been... talking to each other. So, you know, yes, yes, we are. <laughs> yes, we are. Uh, so, no, um, um, we're, we're celebrating that this week. And, and part of that celebration is, is thank you to each and every one of you who've been involved with us in some way. Uh, whether you whether it's just listening here on this podcast or you showed up to any of our offerings like the book club or the affinity groups or any of the workshops that we've done whether you've donated to us or not uh any way you've been involved um thank you thank you thank you and a special shout out special shout out to the folks who show up in our affinity groups week after week for those really challenging awkward conversations (laughs) To yeah. help, uh, uh, what we call shift shift those internalized biases uh, that we all carry with us, and that's how we dismantle all oppressions through first our own inner work. That's what we call the spiritual work. We call it spineful work because we have to change. And sometimes many of us are around thinking, "There's nothing wrong. I don't have to change." Yes, you do. Yeah. <laughs> you you live you live in you live in this country. Trust me, you've internalized some of the stuff. <laughs> Doesn't matter what your skin color is, doesn't matter what your gender is, you've internalized some of some things that we talk about every week and and part of the largely discussion. unconsciously. Exactly, exactly. But that's and what that's what our so harmful. Yes, that's what that's what our show is about every week. And the offshoot chance that this is the first time you're listening to us. Um, what we do is have conversations around embodied anti-racism, dismantling oppression. And the particularly special challenges in that for those of us who call ourselves spiritual seekers. And you can join in on the conversation today. If you want to call in, it's 816-251-3555. You can message us on the socials, Facebook, Instagram, or handle is at Get Our Holy On. Uh, you can email us, Ogan or Kelly at ProjectSanctus.com. Um, one of the things we want to update you on to make sure you know, um, the platform through which we do this podcast, Uni Online Radio, is shuttering its operations in a couple of weeks. This podcast will continue. Uh, we've we've shifted uh, our hosting over to Podbean. So if you if you listen through the through the 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 Unity Online Radio webpage website, um, you're going to have to start listening through our Podbean website, and that's with love and justice for all dot podbean p-o-d-b-e-a-n dot com with love and justice for all dot podbean dot com if you're listening through uh another app like uh spotify or apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, stitcher um whatever you usually use to listen to podcasts if you're listening through that you shouldn't have to do anything different um if we've done this correctly it should be a seamless transition and all the new episodes will keep populating. You don't have to do anything different. Fingers crossed, you know, things happen, but we, we, we really, think, we, exactly. <laughs> we think, we think we got it. We think we got it right. Especially with help of our producer, Jeff, who we will miss dearly. Um, and this time that we spend and, and his support, I will especially miss the fact that now I got to go edit the podcast. Um, I love it. I love it that somebody else did it. Yes, Jeff. I love you for that too. Uh, but, but, uh, but we're happy to continue this discussion. It's been very meaningful. We get a lot of feedback from folks who, who talk about, we are glad that we talked about the things we talked about, that they yeah. don't generally hear people talking um, about this, about this stuff. Um, so, so I want to make sure that you know about that, uh, about that change that is coming up. So if you hear that Uni Online Radio is shutting down, it does not mean that our, um podcast our show is going to come to an end we are not going away we're not going anywhere we're not going to miss any weeks it's just gonna keep on plugging and 
And we will also continue to live stream it on Facebook. So if you want to hear it in real time while we're doing it um, on Facebook, our Facebook page is going to be the only option because we won't be live streaming the audio um, in case you're also listening on Unity Online Radio live in real time right now. But the recording should be up later that day or the next day if I play my cards right. Um, we'll we'll work to keep the editing to a minimum we will we will work to keep the edit into a a minimum and be timely about getting the the episode up as well um so today on our show we had a uh we're going to be talking about things happening in the headlines um we had another show planned for today with a guest. We had some scheduling stuff going on. And we thought, you know what? There's a lot of stuff going on in the world right now that is very highly connected to the things that we talk about all the time. So maybe we should we should hit up some headlines and and relate it to to our conversation and our topics, um, uh, especially around white supremacy, cultural norms, around um, embodied anti-racism, all these things are related even if you don't realize that they are yep yep so let's jump in with the thing that people are still buzzing about most of all was the slap heard around the world sunday night at the oscars um if for some bizarre reason you are living under a rock and have not heard about this because i can't imagine yeah if you haven't not sure how that's possible but not sure if it's possible since sunday night it's been leading all the headlines uh for all the wrong reasons the oscars finally got buzz again um which made some people think was this a stage no this was this was apparently not a stage um oh. event but to to summarize really quickly because we don't need to relive it all uh comedian chris rock was up to present an award he was making some jokes uh he made a joke around um jada pinkett smith's um hair style and for those of you who don't know she is uh clean shaven um and this is because of her uh, con- uh condition called alopecia which can yeah. reason an autoimmune disorder is an autoimmune disorder which re- can result in in hair loss and a few years ago, um, out of the blue, this suddenly popped up uh, as as in her health story. And after going through various uh, things around it, she goes, you know what? I'm just going to shave my head clean and talk about uh, this issue that affects so many people, um, especially Black women. Um, so, yeah. So Chris made a joke uh, related to that. Uh, Will Smith, Jada's husband, took umbrage to it, walked up on stage, live TV, slapped Chris in the face, and told him to keep his wife's name out of his mouth with some expletives inserted. If you were watching the feed in the US, that was all like muted and silenced, but thank God for Twitter because <laughs> people in other countries started right yeah. quick posting, posting the posting the unedited audio <laughs> you know we have sensors here um, so anyways so that happened sunday night and of course everybody was armchair quarterback in monday around this and when i say everybody of course i include myself because i had some stuff to say about it um and and i on my facebook page and on project sanctus facebook page um i share some thoughts and what was interesting about the thoughts was, again, some of the comments from the thoughts, which made me think that we had to bring this in here. And and the first thing, I, I won't read the whole post. You can go check it out. But I said, the real winners, this is the beginning, the real winners of that Chris Rock, Will Smith dust up at the Oscars, toxic masculinity, the patriarchy and white supremacy. Toxic masculinity is a destructive manifestation of the patriarchy, which continues to define our culture, which in turn is white supremacy in the not so clever disguise as a cultural norm. And I did get a few, you know, most people were in agreement with it. Um, You you know, your Facebook post has picked up some traction when the trolls start weighing in and saying bad things about you. Uh, so those started to pop up in the comments and I just deleted those because it's my page, it's my platform and I don't got to respond to them. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. 
and it wasn't and it wasn't dis it wasn't like a, a a what do we call it? a nice intellectual discourse of disagreement no it was just downright trolling um and and some of it some of it racially motivated as well and i don't i i'm not going to engage in an argument with someone who is clearly uh let's say a, a white person who is clearly racially uh uh desensitized or or triggered um so i uh yeah i just deleted those posts um if you want me to tell you what they were i'll tell you in another time but anyways but some of the folks who were still agreeing with me generally a few of them asked for some clarification they were like we get toxic masculinity we get patriarchy but how was white supremacy involved Hmm. here so um, so I thought we'd start with that to kind of draw the lines, connect the dots between toxic masculinity, patriarchy, and white supremacy. Now, what's interesting is they asked this, and I really wonder if they read the whole post, because what I said in the post was was beginning with uh, Chris Rock's really bad, tasteful jokes. This is part of what internalized supremacy can look like. We praise the strong. We devalue those who are weak and struggling. Um, we place we place value on a person based on their ability, their 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 ability to produce or strength. Which which if you think back to uh, to the days when people were enslaved here, that's that's how an enslaved person had value, right? They could they could work, literally work. And you're thinking, but wait a minute, we don't have enslaved people anymore. No, we don't. But the idea didn't die. <laughs> the sentiment. Not legally. <clears throat> right. The sen- the sen- Thank you. Thank- good point. Don't rush ahead. <laughs> Sorry. Good point, though. Uh, but but yes, yes, the, 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 the idea behind that did not go away when the Emancip- Emancipation Proclamation was signed. And we see it showing up in a lot of ways through capitalism, right? Your worth is tied to your ability to produce. And to the point about not legally, yes, let's be clear that when uh, the, the, I forget which amendment it was that said, was it the 14th that we can't have slaves? Was it which amendment? Was yeah. It? Yeah. Right. There was that little loophole that was said we can't hold people against their will and put them in labor unless it's about commitment to a crime. Right. Unless crime has been committed and then prison labor. That's a legal thing. Um, It was no accident that for the next few uh, decades, the vast majority of the people that were imprisoned were people of color. It's still no accident. The vast majority of people disproportionate for for how many for their percentage in the population are men of color right so so many more men of color in prisons um than that should be given the amount of men of color that live in this country and that's because a lot of uh, laws and sentencing um rules are specifically geared we talk about the school to prison pipeline anyways so so yes, that's there was I started with that, but but there's more. A few simple things. A few simple things. A few simple right. things. We're 17 minutes in or no, 15 minutes in, and I'm just listening. I know I haven't shut up yet. It's okay. It's fine. <laughs> I, I you know, I'm just because you it actually makes the point really, really, I don't know if perfectly is the right word, but even more clear sort of, in the tentacles, mm-hmm. right? Like every time you would start talking about one thing, then in comes another ism, in comes another, you know, and and then now that, so there's, you know, the patriarchy and then you know, racism, and now we're talking about sexism. And then there's somewhere in there, um, you know, uh, capitalism. <laughs> it just, which, so that whole, you know, this whole big chunk of the beginning and everything you said is a um, points perfectly to this is not a uh, um, this is complex. There's some things about this that that happen that are complex that yes. and I'm I'm being quiet because 
that's what I, as a white person, that's what we should be doing. Like, shut up. Um, and yet, part of, you know, when I like look at your post and then other other posts around, it's the, um, um, uh, you know, the, um, the, the redirections that go on that, mm-hmm. that, you know, white women, um, um, that are, you know, siding with, with black women and, and, and like, well, you know, as, as women, and it's just, you know, like women, we need to come together as women. And it's, uh, you know, what I'm finding, um, is that, uh, you know, as I read more and I'm listening to more, and like the more I'm reading or the more I'm listening or the more, uh, you know, whether on Facebook or Instagram or wherever, uh, or in, you know, group groups and classes, I just, I find myself being quiet, like listening. And, and I, you know, there will come a point where I say something. I just, I'm really, really of the mindset right now that I, that the, the place, what, what I'm hearing from um, black women that I know is to just, um, um, like be quiet and listen Um, and don't make it about you Um, because it's not about you. It like really isn't. And yet when you, when I'm looking at, you know, the things like someone does this redirect on your post about Harriet Tubman. And there's another one that does this redirect about, um, you know, that there's, it's never, you know, about just being anti-violence and, you know, and someone brings in, um, you know, well, we're all human and, you know, um, and they're just the, um, yeah, yeah. Well, well, again, we've talked about this, right? This is, this is how do we, how do we get ourselves back to a feeling comfortable place as quickly as possible Yeah. without, 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 really examining what was triggered and activated in us by the event one and then hearing about what might have been behind this right so so the other so the other part of of the white supremacy culture norm being played out here is one of the one of the ways that that it shows up is this thing called paternalism right Mm -hmm. paternalism is this idea that that one group of people who have the power can make the best decisions for another group of people without even their weighing in or, or, or consent, right? We know better for you. And um, the, one of the one of the powerful sentiments that 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 I've I read one uh, in response to the event from women was that when he marched up there and did what he did he effectively silenced his wife and took actions to quote unquote as he said protect her my no my wife mine his property right uh so he's gonna protect her and and be a man in that way which which now which is where the toxic masculinity piece comes in but before i go there this idea of uh, culturally, what's what's been the long-standing idea that the patriarchy is connected to? Right, men have the are stronger, yep, stronger, bigger, faster. Six million dollar man. Men have the power, uh, and men know better. And men have to quote unquote protect the weaker sex, which is yeah. women. Right. This is this is the patriarchy. This is paternalism. That's so that's that's how it it manifests. We got to remember. That from the beginning of of really ranking of races and, and white supremacy domination, it's always been to create a hierarchy with white men at the top. Now, I know what some of you are saying, but wait a minute. This was all black people involved. I was white supremacy here. One of the things we have to realize, again, is that these are cultural norms that we have all internalized. Yep. Right. So, so toxic masculinity for every man that said afterwards, yes, that's the right thing to do as a husband. For every woman that said, yes, that's what I want my man to do. That's internalized toxic masculinity, patriarchy, white supremacy, cultural norm that says 
violence, especially by the bigger, stronger person, is the way we resolve things. Right. Okay, which is not okay. Now, the other the other element of this toxic masculinity, which I mentioned about, is the shame that comes around for the rest of us, and us, I include myself in this group. Who knows that we're never going to walk up to another human being, another man, and slap him in his face as much as we might think we want to. We're not going to do that. We're scared. We might be smaller, right? We are not violent. We know we're going to get our asses kicked. So we're not going to do that. And now what society has told us by that action, by all the people who support that action, is that we are less masculine. And we should be ashamed of ourselves because we wouldn't we wouldn't step up to do that and that's not okay because masculinity yes is, is strength is courage but it's also peacemaking it's it's maturity it's 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 emotional health it's it's fixing your wounds uh sorry healing your wounds and your trauma being able to recognize when you were triggered and as we often talk about stop pause take a breath check in and put some space between the trigger and your reaction and turn that reaction, that unconscious rage-filled reaction into a mindful heart-centered response. That's masculinity as well, right? So, so that's what was all at play. Now, Will Smith came out, was it today? Yeah, today, this morning, I think, and, and wrote a, wrote a, I think a great apology. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt that he meant it. And I loved how he wrapped it up. We're all, we, he says, I am a work in progress. He apologized to Chris Rock and he said, violence has no place. And he said, I'm a work in progress. And I need us all to remember that we're all a work in process. I'm not just kicking them when they're down. I'm just saying, here's what's at play here. Here's all the centuries of conditioning that led to that moment. (laughs) And Part of it is realizing when we messed up, this is also masculine, realizing when we messed up, owning our behavior and offering an apology to the offended parties and learning from it. Okay. This, this is all, this is all the journey. Lord, Lord knows I've said some things that you didn't think I'd say, <laughs> right? Cause we're all, we're all learning. So those are my thoughts about the whole thing. I said we were going to do two, we're going to, we had four issues. We have four issues to talk about. And I was like, we can just do two, two in the top half, two in the bottom half. We're almost out of time in the top half already. And yeah, we only, well, we only cover the one, but. Yeah. So there's a, there's a couple of things that I, I um, um, wanted to, that, that really struck me is, um, is, you know, I, I look at it and in part, you know, what if that had been uh, two white men? Like, what would our conversation be? Be what would it look like? And what would mm-hmm. would there be this much, you know, attention? Um, certainly, there would be attention. I mean, something that's live that you know, where someone, you know, the, the violence like that that's live and and the shock. And we, you know, remembering that it the, it would look very different because this is <clears throat> this was largely um, a a white audience. So, so it's whether people realize it or not, these, you know, two black celebrities that, um, um, in, you know, in this exchange in front of a very white audience, um, and then to have, I mean, I know the hosts were to move it along, but, um, you know, Amy Schumer's come, you know, trying to make everybody comfortable. Um, and, and while I intellectually understand the desire to do that, because this is live TV, this is the Oscars, can we get back to, you know, everybody saying, well, now all of the fabulous things have been, you know, like, you know, um, the best supporting actor and CODA and, you know, the deaf community, you know, first time ever, um, someone from the deaf community has won an Oscar, like all of these firsts, the queer, the queer woman from, uh, from 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 what was the musical West Side Story? Yes, yes. Uh, you know, so all these first being being you know diminished because of yeah. this exchange, and um, but I, so now I forgot where I was going. Um, the, well, part, but part part of what you're saying around around uh, how race plays in is is that uh, how much both consciously and con and 
consciously and unconsciously did that um, affirm a lot of stereotypes for a lot of yes, people. Yes, that's where I was going. Thank you. You're welcome. I got, yes. I got you. Yes. I see you. I see you. Thank goodness. Yes, <laughs> that um, that the those those stereotypes that we have of um, you know largely unconscious, but we've we have I don't know what episode it is, but we did an episode of all these stereotypes. You know, the the black man, and the bigger the black man is, the the assumption is more you know is stronger and um, or you know tends toward you know violence more often. Um, and the other, and I'll I'll uh, so now we have like thirty seconds, but the the I the, promise we're not going to spend the whole episode on this. No, but the, but there is a, a really important piece here. Um, right. that well, I'm actually, I'm going to save it because we got like 15 seconds. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll come back. We'll come back to it after break. So, so stick with us. We'll, we'll hit that point and then we'll talk about some other things in the headlines. Uh, we promise, and we might break that promise, but we'll make it, <laughs> we'll make another, you're listening to with love and justice for all. We will be right back. You're listening to With Love and Justice for All with Reverend Ogan Holder and Reverend Kelly Isola. All right. Welcome back to the show uh, with Love and Justice for All. I'm Reverend Ogan. This is Reverend Kelly with me. Uh, we're talking about uh, issues ripped from the headlines. I say issues, but we're still on issue number one. Right. You might get <laughs> off issue number one before yeah. the show is done. I don't know. But uh, but yes, we're we're talking about all of all the all the ways that the uh, that whole Chris Rock Will Smith moment from the Oscars um, relate to the things we're talking about. So um, we won't rehash them. If you've just joined us for some reason, you can go back and listen. Uh, and we were we are planning to wrap up that specific piece with these final two points by Kelly. We'll see if that happens. So there's there's two things that really strike me about this event. One is that what we what we are witnessing is hundreds of years of trauma being played out. We're, yes. we're really witnessing intergenerational historical trauma um, being played out. There's it's not this you know one little thing. There's a the world beyond the wound, you know, that's how what I, that's how I talk about it, that, um, which is not an excuse making. It's just as, as white bodies, we need to step back and, and see a larger picture. Like every time I see someone post about being, you know, we're all humans and, you know, um, you know, this is, a, we just need to love each other. And um, I just, you know, and other, other comments that redirect our attention is, to bring ourselves back to what is the trauma that we're seeing, you know, played out. Like it doesn't, for someone to respond that way, like if I put myself in it, it's not just um, one little event. There's a, there's a whole, you know, my own lived experience and then centuries that, you know, if I'm a, a, a black person or a person of color that I'm carrying with me. So um, when I hear the, you know, in terms of, um, trauma when I hear, you know, women talk about, you know, I don't need you to, you know, protect me and things like that. There, there is this, this, pe- this wounded little piece of me. And this is redirecting what I'm doing right now is a real white thing I'm redirecting, because I'm, I'm making it about my trauma. And what I'm noticing is how I responded to the events and the comments. And the, tr- the reality is there are moments when because I have some violent things in my past, um, uh, you know, men um, um, being violent with me, uh, that I I want a sense of being protected. Does it need to be a man? Uh, I guess I go there because I'm a heterosexual. And, but I do have that sense of, I'm looking around, like I, I'm one of those that when I go into a restaurant, I want to sit wherever my back is against the wall. I still do that. And it's, you know, so that's, so I just want to, you know, direct to that. And then connected to that is that I think gets, um, that can get lost in it is that is 
you know, alopecia, while it's an autoimmune disorder, one, and I don't, I don't know how it arrives, you know, in people's bodies or how it's triggered. And I do know that one of the ways it's triggered is through um, anxiety and stress, like when that's overwhelmed. And if we pause and just step back a little bit, Black women are so highly uh, traumatized and continue to be wounded and continue to be beat up like the, the, it's not even covert, it's overt, more so than ever, watching Black women getting beat up, literally, figuratively, metaphorically, which we can take this and slide into another topic of yeah, yeah. the the Supreme Court nomination with Judge uh, Katanji. Well, I I I, I want to go to the "Don't Say Gay" okay. bill yeah, because fine. because because yes, Black women, but even more specifically, Black trans women. Yes, we're doing more than just getting beat up. They're literally getting killed. Right. But um, my point was that if we look at Jada uh, Pinkett Smith, it's there's that in there. I don't know that that's why she has alopecia but right. i think it's uh, something to to pay attention to um and it it's to point to the degree of getting you know beaten up and not just black women but black trans women as well okay yeah, yeah. so so thank you for that and and so let's segue from that into um another thing that that made the headlines recently and there was there was more. I think there was more headline attention earlier on in this process. But right. uh, the 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 Florida governor uh, Ron DeSantis um, signed the what the official name is the Parental Rights and Education Bill. But but uh, um, we call it us uh, or more more people. The critics of the bill call it the Don't Say Gay Bill. And um, again. If for some reason you haven't heard about this yet, um, basically the bill is constraining the instruction on <clears throat> gender and sexuality in certain grade levels. So the bill reads um, classroom instruction by school personnel and third parties on sexual orientation or gender identity may not occur in kindergarten through grade three or in a matter that is not age appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students in accordance with state standards, which is such a vague, yeah. non-specific thing that nobody really knows how this is going to be enforced. And um, you know, there was a post I shared uh, earlier, uh, uh, maybe might have been last week, which I think is a thing that that is prominent in the minds of people who support these actions, which is uh, assuming that if we're talking about gender and sexuality, we're talking about sex itself. Right. And, and in talking about it, all of a sudden, <clears throat> we have children who may not have considered their sexual orientation go like, oh, I'll choose to be gay. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> because of what yeah. you just told me. Right. Right. And that's not how any of this works. Yeah. And 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 so the whole issue is around, um, 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 not the whole issue, but but part of the excuse for it is like <clears throat> parents should get to be the ones who decide when children hear about these things and have these discussions, et cetera, et cetera. And except they're not. <laughs> except they're not having the discussions. No. One. No. Um, and and it was even more so this is this is this is one of the things that that really jumped out at me as people were being interviewed all over the place. They're interviewing this kindergarten teacher in Florida. He's gay and he has a partner. Right. And he says, yeah. like, in kin in kindergarten, we talk about our families and we invite people to kids to bring in pictures of their families. So now if I am a my family, my partner. If I bring in a picture of the two of us and say, this is my family, can I not talk about that anymore? Because right. if I do, kids are going to ask questions because kids ask questions. I have a, you know, I have a mommy and I have a daddy. You live with with another man or this kid's got a daddy and a daddy or a mommy and a mommy. How does that get to be? Do we not talk about this anymore? Does that, is that what this bill means? It's so vague. Nobody's ex 
really clear. Well, just even the lines age appropriate and developmentally appropriate. Yes. Uh, who's who's discerning exactly. what's developmentally appropriate? And and what what's scary about that is that most people that I know that identify as uh, as gay or lesbian um, knew that during this kindergarten to third grade, you know, somewhere in there, they they knew by then that they were different, that there was something, they may not have had the language or really understanding, but they knew that there was something different about them. So um, to I, so I don't know, how do you know what's, yeah. What it, it, here's the other, here's the other uh, thing in the law that, that, is potentially scary. Uh, schools would be required to notify parents when children receive mental, emotional, or physical health services, unless educators believe there's a risk of abuse, abandonment, or neglect. So what's being, what, what um, LGBTQ plus advocates are worried about is if a child wants to talk about these issues or goes to the counselor to talk about thinking, you know, to your point, I may think that I may think that I'm gay or or I may think that, you know, I I get dressed as a boy every day and being told I'm a boy, but I really feel like I'm a girl. Right. Um, and the child confides in the school counselor, then is the counselor, it appears now again, vagaries appears that they have to report this to the parents. And the truth is. They may not know how a parent's going to react up to this point in time. Parents might be a-okay with their child being a boy, but suddenly they're not okay with their boy coming home deciding, I am really a girl. I I identify as female. And who knows how parents are going to respond in a state that's generally very conservative. Uh, you know, so so there's there's a lot with this that is very, very unsettling and the question that comes to mind is again why is this bill even a thing right uh you know obvious answer is the politics of it but the less obvious answer but maybe not the less obvious is again is again how does heteronormativeness right that's that's the quote-unquote standard yeah also linked as linked to white supremacy cultural norms and again people are like but how is that a thing how is how are those two things linked why is one of white, the tentacles why is white supremacy every why is why are we always call in racism on things right so to your point is one of the te- it's one of the tentacles so speak a little bit more about that well it's it's you know you you can't you know racism doesn't exist you know the idea of race and skin color doesn't exist on its own there's always the intersection of uh, it's part of our social identity and our personal identity but our social identity is you know the groups the social groups and community groups that we that we're connected with so you know race or uh gender um you know, faith, language, uh, socioeconomic status, you know, lots of sexual expression. And so heteronormative is, is the, those pieces of our social identity or those tentacles that are, um, that, that, uh, that define white privilege or white culture supremacy norms is the white heterosexual man um, you know, speaks English like native English, you know, um, Christian background doesn't, you don't even have to be churched, but, you know, just the, the very fact that you're in the United States and born here has that. Uh, so it, so that's what I mean by a tentacle is that it's, it's the, the oppression, you know, uh, and the, the bigotry and the prejudice of a group of people based on, you know, gender uh, and, um, sexual identity is uh, um, is a if it's not heterosexual, then it's the oppressed group, right? There's the target group and the non-target group, and the non-target group is the group that's closest to the privilege and the power. And yep. in our country, in our um, social construct, it's heterosexuality is the non-target. And everyone else, non, non-heterosexual, is the target group. So it's oppressing a group of people 
that doesn't align with what the um, the the power and the privilege structure. And 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 that sentiment is leading to you know all the books that are being pulled and banned from yep. from libraries. Uh, other, other because when you look at the books that are being pulled, the vast majority of them are around the topics of sexuality by queer authors or around the topic of race by authors of color right so so there's 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 that um other states are following uh or or looks like they're going to follow uh florida for example a bill in kansas will make it a misdemeanor for any teacher who uses materials depicting homosexuality in any way not just if it's sexually explicit or celebratory picked in homosexuality in any way that could become a misdemeanor for a teacher to do that in Kansas, in Tennessee, they're considering a bill that would prohibit schools from using any books or instructional materials that mention gay, bisexual or transgender issues of lifestyles in any way. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, you know, I, I, I always say to people as, as a human species, when you when you take the bird's eye view we are always getting better and better we do it in fits and starts though it's like three steps forward two steps back three steps forward two steps back this is feeling like such a ridiculous step back i'm like beginning to not believe the things that i say anymore (laughs) like this is insane it's yeah i I, and it's the you know uh, you know this white privilege white body it's a it's a virus that mutates yes. so it's always finding ways more you know creative for lack of a better word and insidious ways of expressing itself and when that virus is challenged you know there's a, this centuries of this structure of power and privilege that that for the most part, people don't want to, you know, white bodies are not willing to actually, no matter what they say, they're not actually willing to bring that structure down. And so, of, and, you know, I equate it like a virus insofar as when, when, you know, pushed, it's going to fight, right? It's going to fight for its life. It's going to fight to keep breathing. And I think some of this is that. Um, I think the January 6th insurrection was, you know, the, the structure fighting for its breath. And, yeah. and for me, it's, I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep fighting as well. You know, the resistance it's, we have the saying like, you know, what we resist persists. And I'm like, yes, in consciousness. Right. right? But I'm supposed to resist out here. That's the only way. And to not stop. It's the, the push, you know, really pushing and and not lifting that that push so so if you live in a state that has a republican controlled um government um please check to see if any of these bills are making their way through because because they do it in the shadiest of shady ways until all of a sudden they're hitting the news um there's another one in indiana i thought i'd mention um this bill would now, none of these are in law yet, but they're bills making their way through the process. If you remember from civics, how a bill is made into a law. I didn't take civics in the U.S., so I really don't know. But I assume the rest of you do. Uh, in, no. Oh, okay. maybe that's part of the problem. Yes. In Indiana, there's a bill in the House that would prohibit teachers from discussing in any context sexual orientation, transgender, or gender identity without parental consent. I mean, no, there's going to be a lot of parents who are going to say no to that. So, so, so here's the, so you bring up a really good point when you say, like, uh, you know, you didn't take a civics class here. Like, how does a bill, you know, how does it come to be a law? By the um, way, I'm joking. I do know. But. but No, I know. But I mean, when, and then the joke of, I'm assuming most of you know, and I go, uh, no. And that's really one of the scary things about this. And, and why, and what makes it scary is that people don't know, and I'm not going to go into a civics lesson, uh, and in part because there's largely, if this doesn't pertain to, if whatever the issue is, if it doesn't pertain to me in my day-to-day life, then I'm just not going to care as much. Yep. It doesn't, and that's what happens. It's why after George Floyd was murdered, there was all this 
rush of energy and and book studies and all that. and then a year later it's like i'm tired i don't want to do this anymore you know not yeah. for white bodies it there isn't much of an impact in their life i don't you know i'm done i don't i don't really want to be uncomfortable anymore you know how much does this really impact me and the same is true when it comes to um transgender when it comes to um sexual orientation and, and gender identity these topics if there's nobody in my life that um you know has you know if it's not really touching my life in any way i'm i'm not going to be concerned about it and it's just sadly that's just how it is i don't know if apathy is too strong a word but nope. i don't know if it's apathy versus uh this is how the system was designed so that one doesn't change the system right because well because as a as a uh white body particularly white body you know heterosexual um it's it's just i can take a break yeah and and also a lot of this was was um sort of a slow moving reaction to to the national legalization of same-sex marriage because mm -hmm. there's a large group of people who feel that when these laws like same-sex marriage are passed it is an affront to their religious beliefs and that's not okay. And as I always remind them, because we've made it legal for people of the same gender to marry, doesn't mean you need to marry someone of the same gender if you don't want to, right? The, the, the creating that law does not change your daily life. It has not affected you in any way. You can still go to the same church and you can still be as homophobic as you want to be. Right. It's it's improving the lives of others. It's not taking away the improvement of your life. Not a zero sum game. Exactly. Exactly. Which is another one of them white supremacy cultural ideas. Yep. Right? This zero sum game. If another side wins, that means I am losing. Or if another side gains rights and privileges, that means there's less for me. Yep, and your good not, is going to take away from my good. That's not how any of this works. But, mm -hmm. you know, uh, it's, a, it's an idea that's being exploited by people who want to stay in political power. So we, we, we got to, we, the populace, we got to be smarter than this. Um, and and see through the scam for for what it is, um, and and realize that you know as they say if we keep if if we keep coming for the marginalized people, the only ones going to be left for them to come for is you as well. And at some point they're coming for you, so right. so it behooves us all to make sure that those who are uh, marginalized and oppressed in any way, shape, or form also get the same rights, privileges, and freedoms of those of us who aren't. It's just not the uh, not the consciousness of you know you know lifting up lifting up you know a group lifts us all. Yeah, like, exactly. Exactly. Not the understanding of how you know if I fight for the rights of transgender individuals, it raises life for me. Exactly. Exactly. We got it. We rising. Uh, was it rising tide lifts all boats? Is that the same? Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's already. Uh, we only got like four minutes left, and I got to make sure we don't leave here without giving some love to the Honorable Katanji Brown Jackson and all the. Uh, trying to find the right word that isn't too profane. The bullshit. Sure. Let's go with that one. <laughs> I was I was so many more words ahead of that. I was well. I had stronger words, and I yes, yeah. I had a lot of all that she had to put up with during during those those hearings, uh, during during the 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 really opportunity for some folks just to be grandstanding mm, morons. I don't know. It's I, it's it was so sad to watch. Um, and you know, special shout out to Lindsey Graham, uh, Josh Hawley, and Ted Cruz. Um, please, please, please go Retire. find yourself in a DEI, DEI workshop. Go take yourself. Come join one of our, come join one of our affinity groups. Y'all need some help. <laughs> Retire. 
that too. Senator yeah. Kennedy, uh, you are very articulate. I am sorry. Are we still doing this? Yes. Yeah. Ah! Yeah. And all the, the and all of the, the praise around Judge Katanji Brown Jackson and being, you know, her poised and, you know, and restraint and, um, you know, yes, articulate, how articulate all of that. Every time someone does that, what you're reinforcing is you're tying black girls and black women to unrealistic standards of of being which the white supremacy norms yes every time yes. someone says this cheer her on we're praying for her we admire her we're caring for her and guess what you're doing <laughs> and we and, don't intend to right. but we're upholding you know this white supremacy um and they you know what we so their confirmation hearings and those three um i guess they're humans that you identified um that what they confirmed is that racism is alive and well, and they confirmed their own um, internalized racism. Yes. Their internalized supremacy. Yes. Yes. Um, so those of you who are listening um, and are, are uh, just already anxious and perhaps uncomfortable by uh, language in that Reverend Kelly and I are using as we express our anger and frustration. Um, we would like to remind you that, yes, we're also human. Uh, we are having a human reaction. And yeah, that is bullshit uh, that she had to endure. And it's okay to call it what it is, right? We have this, we have this need to, again, this white supremacy cultural norm of we got to be comfortable. So let's not use language that makes us uncomfortable. Um, a highly, uh, um, a, a, a double standard for uh, ministers as well. Let's let's yeah. not remember that uh, in well, certain movements as as well. Yeah, and last so. year, so when Brett Kavanaugh was going through this, it was okay for him to be, you know, be outraged and yes. you know, rant and rave, and so that was fine. But God yes. forbid, uh, you know, and so underqualified compared to her. Yes. But so I, to, I go yeah. back to, in the last seconds, I go back to uh, Senator uh, Cory Booker. Booker, yes. Not going to let it take my joy no. of seeing the first Black woman become a Supreme Court judge. Good on you. Good on you, Judge Jackson. We will we will celebrate it. So this has been another episode of With Love and Justice for All. We got to run. We'll see you next week. 